And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey just there with Coach Brian Kale. Um, I got to tell you, bro, like, I don't know how we're going to fill the 90 minutes today. There's not a whole lot to talk about in the world of local sports. Um, so we might have to just swing it, right? Um, we're being sarcastic. Today is crazy. There's so much stuff to talk about. We could do a five-hour show today. We've got BJ Young coming up at noon. Uh, we'll be chatting with him about tarpon football and also tarpon golf. We've got Taylor Griffin at 12:15. Now, we got to get into it right off of the top, right? Crazy LHSA news. Yesterday, while we were at HL Bourgeois and Ruston, which we'll get to that in the next segment of the show, breaking down all of the crazy boys basketball playoff results. While we were in Ruston, we got a notification. Hey, um, it's looking like the Vanderbilt girls are going to get kicked out of the LHSA playoffs, to which we were like, what? Oh, my God. Like, this is a crazy story. Dug into it, dug into it, dug into it, spoke to people, spoke to people, spoke to people. Sure enough, Vanderbilt releases a statement about 9 o'clock last night saying that <clears throat> they um, inadvertently played an ineligible player who did not meet the academic requirements to be eligible within the LHSAA. Vanderbilt is not going to be in the top 28. They were scheduled to play today against Madison Prep. As a result, Madison Prep gets a bye to the finals. Um, no Terriers. Uh, man, a couple of thoughts. I got a, a couple of things there, and then I'll get Coach's thoughts. Um, first, man, your, your heart breaks for the, the kids on that team because – 99.99999% of those players are eligible and did nothing wrong and busted butt all summer to build themselves into a force, a team that could have realistically won the state championship. So for Michaela Charles and Journey Johnson and Stewart and all the great players there, Dufresne and I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it in words. Like, this sucks. You're not able to compete for a championship, but yet you did nothing wrong. That's extremely unfortunate. Gabby Campbell, the only senior on the team. I saw, I'm a Facebook friends with her mother, saw some of her comments that they're heartbroken. The young lady is going to have her season ended abruptly. Her career ended abruptly. That is extremely unfortunate. And I don't know what happened all the way. We know, like I I wrote about this last night, I know just enough to get myself in trouble, but just not enough to spill the beans just yet. But we do know this, like this can't happen. This can't happen. This is the second time in 11 years this happens to the same school. Now, it's a new principal and new athletic director, new administration. It's not a repeat offense and it probably is just an honest mistake but my god it's a very costly honest mistake this can't happen this is a very bad thing that's the first thing the second thing is why doesn't okay a lot of folks are now saying oh well why doesn't the school tell us what what happened when someone commits a crime it's not up to the suspect to tell you what happened it's up to the sheriff's office to tell you what happened why isn't the lhsa telling us exactly what happened about three, four, five years ago, Mr. Bonon said, ah, oh, we're not going to give out penalty rulings anymore. We're not going to tell you guys what happened. What government agency? Imagine if Lavouche Parish government today said, we're not having council meetings anymore. We're not addressing the public. We're going to fire our communication staff. We're not going to 
relay any information to the public anymore. What would happen if LPSO did the same? Someone gets arrested, there's a murder, there's a shooting, there's a road closure. We're just not going to tell you. We're, no, figure it out. The LHSAA could do a great service to their member schools and to their fans by just letting us know what happened. Same situation today with Opelousas football. I was up at 7 this morning writing about Opelousas football having to forfeit their 2023 football state championship. Brian, this has been known around Opelousas for 10 days. But no one published it. We were publishing it first because they just don't let you know. The LHSA just doesn't tell you when anybody breaks a rule. You got a a team that's giving up a spot in the top 28. You got a team that's giving up a state championship. You got a football coach who's being suspended for a year. And and, and no one knows about it unless if another coach at another school hears about it and, you know, the, the rumor mill starts churning. Why don't they just tell us what happened? It's your job. You are the boss. You're the association. If Zion Williamson tomorrow got suspended for taking PEDs, it's not Zion's responsibility to tell us. It's the NBA's responsibility to tell us. Why is the association not letting us know when their member schools are breaking rules? They could. There's so much conjecture and so many rumors and so many questions being asked. They could do themselves such a solid by just issuing a damn one-sheet press release telling us what happened. Yeah, look. Oh, uh, and they say transparency, but you don't want to. You the one enforcing the rule. You're coming down. Why can't exactly? Why can't you send out a memo and just saying what happened? You don't. You don't have to go into every single detail, but just tell us your end result. Now it can be up to the school if they want to come back and further yes. clarify more. But at least come back and uh, LHSA and say. What happened? Well, like, oh, your end result, your finding, your conclusion to this. They don't do it. I, I don't know why. I, I don't. I don't know. But just to go back a little bit, last night during the broadcast, I received that text message, and we said uh, we got breaking news, yep. and uh, we stopped. We didn't say anything more about it because we weren't sure, and we didn't want to report anything uh, that was false. So that that's why we just and people question a couple you know why uh you know breaking news y'all didn't well that was it but we didn't know being for responsible sure. yes so, yeah so we just kind of said let let it play out and uh, Casey's gonna report it a little later which which happened uh and look we're not sure what happened at Vanderbilt with with the grade situation just enough to get ourselves in trouble but um. You know, uh, back when the grades are checked, like end of the school year, and uh, like, and you can check them again in August, and they, they check back in December, and you have to pass six subjects to be eligible. You have to pass six subjects in the first semester to be eligible for the second semester. Well, from what we hear, and it's kind of a a, a makeup. That uh, this young lady had some makeup work to do or something, or uh, and, and I think that was the the kicker in, in all this. And Vanderbilt put this out, out there was not cheating. Okay, it's a mistake that was made with, with 
the grades on this young lady. And uh, what I did back when I was AD, we checked the grades. And if, let's say January 4th was the, the day, to, you know, where you eligible or not. Uh, if someone, because you have like seven calendar days to correct the grade after the, like the semester starts. So if they were ineligible on January 4th, I would say, well, are you you're ineligible? And I would send a note to the, the coach and say, look, this person's ineligible, can't play. Then if they had makeup work to do or I wasn't aware of something, they would come back and let me know, well, look, we got some makeup work. Well, you're not playing until I get it in writing in black and white on your transcript or on your report card that you completed the work in the amount of time necessary. And it would, it, if, if just schools would go by on January 4th, if that's the date for your school where you're eligible or not, you're done. Yeah, it, it's so unfortunate, man. But it's uh, it, look, it's an it's a mistake that happened. It's very unfortunate. Um, it, it, it's a shame. It, it, it's a shame, man. Uh, we hear it's the the memo came out. They self-reported. Self-reported. Yeah, that's what that's what they said. Uh, I mean, give our opinions on this show. I don't. I, I think it's deeper than that. Yeah, I think so too. I I don't think that they weren't checking grades uh, the day before they leave for a game. I I'm with you. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that there's probably a little more to this, and that's where there needs to be transparency. Like the association needs to tell us what what what's going on. And, and another thing that they have to do, bro. And and this is this is the one that mm, it angers me. Be consistent. You have a team that is in your Division One non-select state playoffs and is the number one seed that you have come out and said they were attempting to recruit a player and that player is not eligible to play basketball because they were breaking a rule, damn it, trying to get him to play basketball. Didn't receive a damn penalty at all. You have a school in Division Three select that is recruiting better than LSU is right now. They're the number whatever seed. They're going to win the state championship in Division Three select. But because some judge somewhere signed a temporary restraining order against their LHSA's penalty, they're able to play. But yet someone who maybe was, maybe wasn't because of some grade paperwork snafu, they're definitively knocked out. Why can't we just be consistent? It's almost like that's what we always say about referees, right? I don't care if you miss a few, just be consistent. These rulings sometimes don't add up, and that bothers me more than anything in this situation. And here's another piece to this puzzle. A couple of years ago, the LHSAA put in a rule or a, a rule, a bylaw, whatever you want to call it, where they're not going to investigate schools during like the playoffs, because you might know someone's break. Look, there's people out there that do this. They know someone's breaking a, a rule. They don't say anything until, until the, playoffs, yeah. the playoffs. And it's just chaos. So they decided that 
when the playoffs start, they're not going to investigate all these rules. They're going to let it play out, then do your investigation after. Because it affects so many schools if you do it uh, during the playoffs. So why was that not followed? Don't know. Don't know. And, and again, when, when, when the governing body just is blank and never speaks to the public, then I don't know that we're ever going to know. And, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. It is your job. You are the Louisiana High School Athletic Association. It is your job to keep us informed on the things that are happening. It shouldn't be, oh, well, we hear it from this person who heard it from that person who heard it from that person. Tell us what is going on. If you guys have any thoughts or comments on this, give us a shout. Uh, we'd be more than happy to take your call, 798-7748. We'd be more than happy to hear your thoughts. But let's catch a break first when we get back. I mean, we're just getting to the tip of the iceberg. We had some crazy boys basketball results last night in our area. We'll get to the scoreboard. Then we got BJ at 12, Turtle at 12:15. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! People just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call state farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. When it comes to a stroke, every second counts. That's why Thibodeau Regional Health System is proud to be the only primary stroke center designated by the Joint Commission in a seven-parish area. Our advanced stroke certification means more than just a title. It means life-saving care. From diagnosis to treatment and recovery, our experts and technology are set apart. At Thibodeau Regional, our commitment is to your best outcome because when it comes to stroke care, every detail matters. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. Welcome back to Play by Play. Uh, we've got BJ Young at noon and Taylor Griffin at 12:15. We want to thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff, Grand Design, and also Adams Landon Property Management. We thank them so much for their support of what we're doing. Last night, we had some boys' basketball state playoff results, and man, it was a dark night for our area. Our boys' basketball season is is done. Everybody locally got got put out last night. Zachary in Division One non-select gets a 64-54 win over East St. John. 
They move on to the quarterfinals to take on Rustin, who got a 71-45 to win against the HL Bourgeois game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB. Um, I didn't want to really like talk about this a whole lot before the game because I didn't want it to feel like HL Bourgeois was expecting to get beat because I don't think they were. I think they were going there expecting to win the game. But Andrew told us a lot on Friday before they played Central Lafouche, like, we don't have a very good draw. Rustin is incredible. Andrew said he thinks they're the best team in the entire playoffs, including the number one seed, Zachary. They're really good, man. They've got guards um, who could attack, penetrate. They're selfless. They give up good shots to get great shots. They all could shoot it. They've got a six, seven, six, eight freshman in the post who is skilled well above the rim. They got the Lillard kid off the bench who guards the top and is so long and athletic, he gets deflections and steals. And Rustin, to me, looked the part of a bona fide state champion contender last night. They roll past the Braves. They shut down the Braves' offense, which is very difficult to do. And, man, I wouldn't be shocked in the least if on Friday the Bearcats went to Zachary and beat the Broncos and went to the top 28 because that is a real – now, Zachary's really good too now, but Rustin is a really impressive team. There ain't no way that there's seven teams in that bracket better than them. They are very, very good. Start from the top. They are a well-coached basketball team. They sure are. They are a well-disciplined basketball team. That's the start. Uh, they play well together. They're very unselfish. Their guard play is tremendous along with the big guy who's a freshman. It's still amazing. Uh, they play well. They have a good system. They have great spacing because their guards, when they penetrate, and Bourgeois was doing a decent job at times of stopping the penetration, not letting the guards get to the rim uh, in half-court sets, they would stop, they would pivot, and they would kick out to a guard who was wide open on the wing for a three-point shot. Uh, if that was taken away, they post up the big guy inside. He passes the ball well. He got good moves on the inside. Then you look at their defense. They extended their de their defense. Littered had a great uh, game at the top for Rustin. He, he's, uh, he was long, athletic, lengthy. And he forced Bourgeois into several turnovers. And they took those turnovers in transition. And, my goodness, they were quick getting out yep. in transition. They shot tons of layups, uh, several dunks. This team can definitely make a run out of it. They can, they can definitely win a state championship. There's no doubt. Yeah, I agree. And what's crazy is that, that I would the three players that I would consider to be their best players, I don't have a classification on Lillard. He's their best defender, but – Number one, Aiden Anding is a junior. Number two, Jaron Parker is a junior. Number 11, the big fella, uh, Ahmad Hudson, is a freshman. So, I mean, they, they've got their core coming back. They're just getting started. I mean, that's going to be a team next year. It's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, their coaching staff does a very good job, no doubt about that. Uh, Coach Ryan Bond um, does great work with them. Let's look at in the same bracket, Division One non-select. Terrebonne falls to Denham Springs, 69-39. to we were getting scoreboard updates from that one, and you know it was Terrebonne was tick for tat in the first quarter. Then Denham Springs got a five six point lead, and then in the second half they made a run. And then it feels like when they made a run, Terrebonne the house of cards just collapsed. 
Denham Springs gets a 30-point win. They're going to be taking on Natchitoches Central in the next round, but the Tigers have their season ended. Brandon Brown did an awesome job this year, man. They replaced a lot off of last year's team to win 20-plus games again. Kudos to them, uh, but it came up short last night against a Denham Springs team that was was much better than them last night. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Terrebonne, we got them scores early. They were up and tied, uh, closed game for a while, but then they um, – Denver Springs is a well-coached team. Uh, a veteran coach out there does a great job. That is a tough place to play. We've played there a few times, and it's tough. It's a tough environment to play in. And I'm, I'm sure a second-round game, they had a, a good fan base there. But, uh, again, give credit to Terrebonne on, a, on an outstanding season. Uh, man, they, look, <laughs> they were so close. Because yep. during the season, some of these games, these one-point losses, they had overtime losses, and all. If that's turned around, they get a better draw. Yep. And that could could have made a difference for them in the playoffs. Division three non-select Donaldsonville defeated Doyle forty-one to forty last night. So Donaldsonville's still alive. They're taking a number one French settlement on Friday. Also in that bracket, <clears throat> excuse me, we had Patterson go down last night. They fall fifty-four to forty-three to Richwood. So Patterson's season ends. Richard will take on Vidalier, who actually upset Rayville last night. So number two seed goes down in that bracket. Um, Division two select is where we had, I think, the most surprising score of the night, which is St. Michael going on the road and getting a 62-58 to win against Vanderbilt. I was getting scoreboard updates from Mr. Kennard throughout the course of the game. Every update that I got until the last one was, hey, Vanderbilt's up six, Vanderbilt's up four, you know, Vanderbilt's up seven. Then I got an update that they were up by two with one minute to go. St. Michael, uh, according to Coach Brody Williams, got fouled shooting a three-pointer, made all the shots, and Vanderbilt, once they were behind, could never get that big bucket to go back on top. St. Michael ices the game at the free-throw line. It's the St. Michael team. Look, we've been warning everybody here on this show every day. Um, They had close losses to really good teams. They beat some quality teams. They lost to Walker by one. They beat Plaquemine. Beat Bruley by 14. Y'all lost to U-Lab by four. It's like we knew going in, hey, this is a team that, that could potentially give them a scare. Was a little surprised that they went out and got the win. But St. Michael moving on. Vanderbilt, that's a big shocker for me last night. Not winning a playoff game. And um, they're out in the second round. St. Michael takes on Shaw on Friday. Yeah, that that's one of the shockers. We'll get to the other one in a second, I'm sure. But uh, tough Tough way for uh, the Vanderbilt boys to end their season last night at home uh, against a good basketball team. But I know there's one happy guy in the state, Coach Wesley at Shaw, because yeah. uh, he did not yeah. want to face Vanderbilt again. I don't feel it was, didn't matter if it was in his gym or not. That, I know he didn't want to face this team again, but just a tough, tough way to end the season for Vanderbilt. Landry defeats E.D. White in that same bracket, 61-47 to last night. E.D. White was a 23 seed. They had such a weird season. They started off hot, like 5-0, and 6-1, whatever it may be. Then had like a 45-day stretch in the middle where they were not good, and they were losing to everybody that they played. Then they ended the year, the last you know, seven, eight, nine games, playing very well, got the upset in round one against Evangel, and frankly – Played tough against Landry. Landry's really good. Loose by 14 there. Coach Keefe and his team overcame that midseason lull and played their best ball at the right time. Unfortunately for them, 
because of that midseason lull, they were stuck with a rough draw. If they could have been, you know, a 14 or 15 seed, whatever, maybe it would have been a little bit of a different story. But they go on the road, play Landry, get knocked out. Landry will take on Peabody in the quarterfinals. Yep, roller coaster season for the Cardinals. If, uh, like you just mentioned, if they get rid of that middle season lull that they had, again, you get a better seed. Could have been different for them in the playoffs. But still, uh, give credit to Coach Keith and his staff. Uh, they fought through a lot of adversity during the season. Uh, and toward the end of the season, they started to play their best basketball, which is uh, what you want to do as a team. Then another one here that was a little bit surprising. Well, heck, it wasn't a little bit surprising. This one was a lot surprising. Um, Westminster Christian gets a 57-41 to win on the road against Central Catholic of Morgan City. Uh, Coach Ron Case always sends us updates on how their game went, and we appreciate that so much. He said, hey, we just fell behind double digits early and never were able to claw their way back. And, and Coach Case mentioned to me um, after the game, he really believes that the long layoff that they had during the bye week, their team didn't handle that very well. Westminster goes on the road, hits them in the mouth early, holds on. They get a 16-point win against Central Catholic. If you would have told me before, hey, Westminster's going to beat Central Catholic, I would have not you know, said, hey, oh, you're crazy. But if you told me they would beat them by 16, I would have started to think you're a little bit crazy. The spread of that one is the most surprising to me as West, Westminster moves on. They'll take on St. Martin's in the next round. Yeah, I agree to spread on that. That's my uh, second biggest surprise uh, of the night last night was uh, Central Catholic and Morgan City falling at home. But, uh, yeah, I, I would if Westminster, you'd have told me Westminster would have won, I would have said probably what on the buzzer. Yeah, close uh, you game. You know, a real close game. And, uh, yeah, that, that result surprised me a lot. I thought they had a – a chance to uh to make a little run because they're such uh, a great uh well-coached team uh they do things right and, and i thought that would carry them in, into the playoffs with a win or two is there any merit to the opening round by maybe being a detriment because we did see some upsets yesterday man like we told you that a number two seed got beat central catholic got beat vanderbilt got beat division three number four calvary baptist got beat so several of the teams that had buys ended up losing their first playoff game. It is what it is. You want to be one of the top seeds, but do you think that having that eight, nine, ten days off is is a detriment in some cases to these teams? I think it is. I mean, uh, you want to play your best basketball at the end of the season, and you're working toward that goal. Most teams are in district play. You want to get up. Uh, to your last few uh, district games playing your best basketball, then all of a sudden you are told you got to take 10 days off. Uh, I think it, it does. And like in Vanderbilt's case, uh, they lost the game right before playing the Tarpons. They came back, regrouped, and got a big win against the Tarpons. So they're trying to build momentum again. And what happens? You stop for 10 days. And uh, Coach Vio told us they had good practices. They were ready. They had scrimmages. But it's not like live basketball playing against a, another opponent. Uh, yeah, I, I really think it does hurt. Yeah, so. And we can solve it. Just put 32 teams in a bracket. That's solved. Thank you. Um, that's above our pay grade, I guess. But let's catch a break. But, and, we and we would probably send a memo out, too, and let people know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, the, the LHSA might have wanted 32 teams in, and they just didn't let any yeah. of the schools know. Um, let's catch a break when we get back. Uh, B.J. Young will be joining us. 
with basketball season over, we're going to start to have BJ on our Wednesday rotation again to talk some tarpon football, but also to talk some tarpon golf. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Rouse's Market Seafood Weekend Hotline Specials run Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all the way through Easter. All the seafood staples you expect are there. You can find breaded, fried, Gulf Coast shrimp on the Rouse's Hotline. Frog legs are hot sellers. There's deviled crab, breaded seafood cake, and Hey, Coach, you ready to come on? Yes, sir. All right, hold on a second. All right. Commercial property, liability, and workers' comp. Call Danielle or Marie at 475-5126. We do not sell a product, we sell a service. Terrio, Douay and Terrio. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. It is Wednesday and it's noon, so that means we're making a trip to South Lafouche to talk to one of the coaches out there. It had been Brody the last several weeks, but now with basketball over, we start to chat with Mr. BJ Young again. BJ, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are y'all? Good, bro. Let's start off with some golf, man. Uh, you guys are in the middle of your golf season. Uh, got some good, talented players who are working hard. Tell us about the way the Tarpons are swinging it right now, man. Yeah, look, uh, a little different this year. I was able to get a bunch of guys uh, who was interested in golf to come out. So we actually had some tryouts. We do some qualifying rounds and things like that. So uh, able to put together a good team. Uh, bringing six kids to the matches right now. Try to, you know, soon get it down to five. But, uh, you know, the, the kids that are coming out are enjoying it. And, uh, you know, had a good day yesterday. Just keep looking to get a little bit better each day. There we go, man. Uh, talk about some of the – shout out some of the names of the kids that are out there shooting some good scores, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Drew LaBeouf's been playing really well. Um, Christopher Fonseca, uh, they call him Buddy's playing really well. Uh, New Face, Camden Bro's been playing really oh, well. Yeah. Can you say that last name again for, for, for Buddy? Fonseca. Fonseca, BJ, get it right. Come on, man, you've been here man. long enough. <laughs> 
Look, 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 I had a bunch of buddies. They were making fun of me the other day. I said, no, I ain't taking that. I had buddies with that last name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. Uh, Continue. It, yeah. Uh, Camden Brosen playing really well. Rustin Gidry came out uh, from basketball, played really well. Um, ben has been shooting well. Um, and then Greg Seminole, uh, I believe, is our lone senior. Um, and he and he's having a better start to the year than he did last year as well. So it's a good little group. Uh, they enjoying it, so it's good to see. Awesome, man. Look, let's talk on the football side. It's bigger, faster, stronger time, man. Getting in the weight room, getting stronger, getting yourselves ready physically for the grind that's going to be coming up next fall. How has the offseason been in South LaFouche, brother? Look, it's been good. Um, we, we, we're in the middle of maxing right now, uh, doing some power cleans today. And, uh, look, we, we've strung together two two days of maxing. It uh, actually shocked me a little bit. You know, I wasn't expecting us to be kind of where we are right now. Um, you know, I kind of feel like we're a little, uh, you know, further along than I thought we would be. Um, you know, able to get some kids, you know, in the weight room. Um, going to revamp some some things on how we're going to carry it into the, to the to the summer into next year. Uh, that I think is going to benefit out, you know, all athletes on campus. So, um, but look, I, I think we're having a great off season. The guys who are in there working hard, um, you know, kind kind of making it their own, and uh, you know. We're pushing them, man. You know, uh, kind of what I stress to them is, you know, I, I want to see who's going to tap now, right? I, I don't need to know who's going to tap in the third or fourth quarter on a Friday night. So just just trying to, you know, throw things at them from a different angle, uh, kind of trying to keep them on their toes, uh, try to build some of that mental strength too as long as the physical physical strength. But we're having a good week, man. I, like I said, I'm excited where we're at. I feel like, feel like we're, we're further along than I thought we would be at this point. So be as judicious as, as you have to be with this one. We know that you guys are bringing in a new defensive coordinator, but I don't know if it's all the way officially official. So what can you tell us about that as it looks like you guys are going to have a new guy calling your defense next year? Yeah, look, um, you know, first thing, it, we were sad to lose Bryce. You know, I thought Bryce made uh, tremendous strides uh, from his first year to his second year. Um, you know, but, but it, you know, look, man, it, that, that happens. You know, I'm happy for Bryce. I'm sad for the program, but I'm happy for Bryce, if that makes any sense. You know, he was able to get a spot, um, a job that, that he thought um, could, could could better him. And, um, you know, Bryce is in a serious deal. So, you know, he's looking into the future, uh, building a family and things like that. And he thought that would be a better option for him. So, um, you know, I support him, man. I said sad for the program, but, but good for him. Uh, I reached out to a guy I played with at Southeastern. Um I didn't know if he was going to come because the 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 struggle down here is man, you, we're out the way, right? So you're asking people to pretty much uproot their life to move, um, and it's hard to find sometimes. But uh, I called a guy I played with at Southeastern. Uh, he was super excited about it, so he came in last week. We did some interview stuff, and um, you know he's finishing up his fingerprinting stuff today, I believe. So he's going to come aboard. Um, I, I see him starting probably within the next few weeks. I know he's super excited. Um, he came. He was able to come around the kids a little bit, see, see kind of how we do things in the weight room. And then uh, when Monday came, you know, the kids were asking where he was. You know, they, they don't really understand the full process of stuff sometimes. But um, I think he's going to be phenomenal, man. He's a great he's a great guy. Um, because I look at the – right, you want a good coach, first of all, right? He's got to know X and O's, but – I want somebody who's going to be good for these kids, um, who's going to fit fit in in the coach's office, 
who's going to have the, the kids' best interests at heart, um, you know, not pulling a different direction that we're doing in the program. And that's kind of what I told the administrative team, too, is, you know, I don't want to bring nobody on this campus who's going to, who's going to pull in the wrong direction. So um, I think he checks all of those boxes. Um, I think he's going to be a tremendous asset. Um, you know, he's a football coach, man. So uh, we, I'm looking forward to getting him on campus. I know he's looking forward to get here to get started as well. You got a name you could give us, or would you rather wait till it's yeah, all over? Uh, his name, he's, he's actually from Galveston, Texas. His name's Jeremy Wilson. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. That's great to hear, man. Um, yeah. look, look, you guys are going to be starting the spring. Uh, it's still a ways away, but, man, time flies. Um, what are some things you guys are going to be looking to get accomplished between now and then to make sure that you could get that quality work in the spring? Yeah, look, obviously, we're trying, to, we're trying to build our program on physicality. So, um, the spring is more of the, you know, we, we kind of we, we kind of breaking them down a little bit, um, pushing them to that breaking point, you know, trying to see, you know, because you're going to have some new kids try to come out and play. So, um, kind of see if it's really for them or not at that time. Um, offensively, we return a good chunk. You know, we're looking for, a, we're going to have to find another offensive lineman. Uh, to step up for Aiden Bruce. Um, we have a lot of good skill players. You know, we're going to have a, a receiver group that I feel like for the most part has experience. Um, you know, but looking forward to getting like Cullen Sanamal right there at the Y with Camden Berg played. You know, get him in there. I mean, man, Cullen, um, uh, he, he must be 6'3 or 6'4. You know, he, he, he's a long kid. Um, if you went to any sub-varsity level games, he stood out. Um, he's a playmaker, you know, when getting from the basketball team. Uh, he had some good match this week. He's kind of bought into the weight room quickly. You know, sometimes with them young kids, um, it's different for him. And, and he kind of took a liking to it early. Uh, so looking forward to him to step in that role. I think he's going to be, you know, we throw a lot of stuff over the middle. That's no secret. You know, somehow, <laughs> you know, 13s in the past few years have been running open. So he, uh, I look for him to get into that role. He's more, he's explosive, man. And, uh, just try to find some depth at those positions. Um, maybe moving some guys to the other side of the ball. Defense is going to lose a lot. Um, you know, really open my eyes. Is, is if you have a free safety who can play that position really well, it puts you in a better situation because I thought when Maddox Commodell was healthy last year, the defense was playing at a different level. Then And then he went out and it was kind of a scramble. So we got to find, find that guy. Um, we got a few guys in mind. Um, but we're going to have to pass some holes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, you know, everybody knows Kate Nelson's back, so that helps, man. When you got a nose who can disrupt plays like that, um, that makes everything else a little, a little, a little better around them. You know, um, uh, another kid, you know, uh, Callan Duway uh, kind of paid his dues, man. He's done everything you need him to do special teams wise. Um, if you call on him, he goes here, you mind going to play JV and then this and, you know, it's finally his time, you know, and he's going to be a linebacker, big, strong kid. Um, been been busting his tail in the weight room. He's had some great matches this week, too. So looking for some big things from him. Um, got some holes to fill, uh, but we've got a bunch of guys, on, you know, here that I feel confident that we, we can get to where we need to be. Long way to go, man, but, but we got some time to get there. BJ, the last time we had you on, it was right after the season, and you were very vocal in saying, hey, man, like, we've got to win a big recruiting battle on our campus. We've got to make sure that Josh Mack plays football. We've got to make sure Josh Mack is going to be our quarterback next season. You said, hey, that's pretty close to priority number one. 
Um, have you guys had success in that uh, endeavor? And, and is, are you expecting him to be with you all next season? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, me, me, me and Chad's grown kind of close, I would say. Um, so I, you know, I've spoken to Chad a bunch. Um, and, and Josh, look, I, I was actually talking, uh, talking really high. I told him how proud I was of him. But if you see, you know, the work I get, everybody wears is tight stuff. You know, it's all form fitting and stuff. And uh, you, you can tell he's he's been working out um, hard. You know, he's not just going in there and, and you know, getting by. Uh, his body's changed a bunch, um, and and he's playing. You know, from what he told me last time we talked, he's playing. He's been super, you know, great in the weight room. Um, look, baseball plays three, four games a week sometimes, and he's never once, you know, on a game day. And he's the catcher. You know, yesterday we maxed out on squats. And uh, he, he didn't. He, he never once said, "Coach, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I need to max out today. Can I max it out tomorrow?" I think he PR'd on the squad yesterday. He was fired up, you know. Um, so he, he's bought in, man. And uh, look, I was, I fully expecting to see him in the fall uh, in, in spring ball. I know the last time I talked to him, he was fired up. Like he, he didn't know that it was a thought in my head that he wouldn't play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I kind of caught him off guard when I when I was just double checking. So. Um, yeah, he he he'll be back there, which is good to see, man. He's a uh, he he's he's a good quarterback. He, he's a uh, he's a type of guy that's going to deliver the ball and take a hit. He's gonna he's not going to shy away from the contact. Um, he's competitive, and I think that kind of comes with the catcher in him. You know, he touches the ball every play as a catcher, and now he does it as a quarterback. So it's nothing new for him to step into that, I guess, spotlight and have you know the pressure on him. I, I think he's a very even keel kid, so um, you know that helps. He was able to get in the halls get eight to nine guys that, that I thought um, for one reason or another wasn't out there last year that I thought could come out and help. Um, some of those guys need a little bit extra structure in their life um, that I think athletics can give them, um, especially football. Um, you know, there's a lot of life lessons that go into that stuff with accountability and discipline and, you know, being told sometimes something that you're not really wanting to hear. And, and that's life. Your boss is going to tell you something sometimes that you don't want to hear that you, you got to, just taking and keep moving and get better from it. So I think I got, I got we got a couple of those guys back out that I think um, that I think will help. Coach, schedule wise, are you able to get your schedule complete for next year, or or if you still kind of in limbo, wait to see what the LHSA is going to do with the uh, the district by divisions nonsense? Yeah, look, we was able to. Um, Look, man, that's crazy, Coach, because you're waiting to see what's going to happen, and then you, and the waiting game gets to the point where if you don't call, start picking up the phone and calling people, you know, you, you're going to have to play one East in week three. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so you're trying to avoid, you know, those, those deals at all costs. So we was um, – look, in our district, we play Central and Thibodeau every year. So that, that that's a deal that, you know, it's kind of it's kind of happens. Um, so we was able to lock them down. Um, so Central and Thibodeau. They added E.D. White to the district as of now. So right now the only game that I actually had to, I guess, call and schedule was uh, we played Pearl River um, at Pearl River. So um, talked to some people. They thought that that's a really cool environment to go, to go see. So um, able to link up with them and do a home and a home. So uh, what week? forward to that. Uh, Coach, I want to say week three. Okay. Nice. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, but I want to say I know, I know Thibodeau week one. It might be week two. I think it might be. It might go Thibodeau, Pearl River, Central Lafourche. If, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that sounds um, like a winner. That'd be yeah, a fun game. Yeah. You guys are making the trip there in year one. 
Yes, we'll go there year one next season, and then uh, the following season, you know, they'll, they'll come to us. Um, so, fingers crossed, man. We, we want to be in that Division two bracket. You know, um, talked to a few people who thought it would be really close, you know, what, the numbers we have right now. So, um, I mean, we'll see, man. It's hard to go in the first round of a playoff game and go play a school with 3,000 kids. You know, <laughs> I'd much rather play a school with the same amount we have. Well, what, what's your number right now, enrollment? Right, right, coach. Right now, I think we something at like nine ninety. When I checked the LHSA side, I think it had nine ninety five. Yeah, man, yeah. man, it's gonna be very, very yeah. interesting. BJ, good talking with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat soon, buddy. All right, man. Thank y'all. Yep. Uh, Tarpon football coach BJ Young doing a great job as always. They have hired a new defensive coordinator, which is exciting. Uh, we'll see how he could do with the program. Tarpons are coming off of a playoff year. Um, have to replace some key guys, right? But they do have a lot of key guys coming back as well. And it's never too early to start looking ahead at football season. And look, at Brian, I've never been to Pearl River. That's going to be an interesting uh, interesting road trip for us in week two. Yes, it will. Uh, and look, just like the last several years, people, oh, they're losing this player, they're losing this player. And, and Coach Young's system, they find people to plug in to these uh, positions where maybe they lost someone from the year before. And when it's their turn, they produce because these guys can play. They just wait in their turn. And when they get their turn to shine, they shine in this offense. And uh, with a new coordinator coming in on defense, see how the kids are going to buy into that. If it's a new system in place, see how they buy into that. And, uh, the Tarpons are going to compete. It's a shame, and we can talk about this every single day, that they're going to have to play Division One playoffs if it turns out that way. If they would be in Division Two, this team would make noise year in and year out. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, Assumption Playing was, where you belong. Assumption was a quarterfinal team last year. They were not decisively better than South Lafouche. They came to uh, at, uh, Memorial Stadium, and it was very, very close. Um, anyway, let's catch a break. When we get back, we've got Taylor Griffin who will be joining us. We've got all sorts of stuff to talk about today. Been a busy, wild, crazy day. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons.
Taylor, you ready? Welcome back to Play by Play here on Caleb B. Hope everybody's enjoying their busy, busy Wednesday. We go to the phone lines and we have Taylor Griffin on the line. Turtle, good afternoon, buddy. What's good? How are we doing today? Hey, good afternoon. Doing just fine over here. How about you? Doing good, bro. Um, very busy day, man. Goodness. Um, we've got Vanderbilt that gets kicked out of the girls' basketball playoffs for the second time in 11 years. Opelousas forfeits the state football championship. Um, we've got boys basketball playoff games that were some shockers last night. Vanderbilt getting upset. Let's start with the LHSA stuff, man. Unfortunate situation. Vanderbilt is, was supposed to be in Hammond today. They're not going to get the opportunity to play. Um, you feel for the kids, uh, because the overwhelming majority of them didn't do anything wrong. But at the same time, if we don't have any rules and if we don't enforce any rules, there's going to be chaos and anarchy. So, it's just a terrible, crappy situation, and, and you feel for those a lot of those young ladies who did nothing wrong but won't get the chance to win the title. Yeah, man. Yeah, you uh, you said a mouthful there, man. It's um, you certainly feel for the kids. You feel for everyone involved there in that sense. Um, and, and and look, the the little knowledge that I have of it, just just going off of the articles that were posted going off of the the reporting that you're doing the reporting from HTV you know just different things like that um you know I I don't know who's to blame and I'm not here to point fingers or say you know you dropped the ball you did this you did that like I I, I don't care who did it it's uh it's just unfortunate for you know the young ladies on that team who you know, they, they had high hopes. They were planning to go to Hammond. They were planning to make a run at the state championship. And it's, uh, you know, it sucks for them that, as you said, the majority of them did nothing wrong. I mean, from, from what I read, I, you know, just innocent-minded me, what just going off of what I saw, uh, it appears there was some sort of issue with grades and timing of a makeup test or something like that. And, you know, why 
at the end of February, it just comes to light. I don't know. That that's strange and that's weird. And and you know, it's uh, somewhere somewhere along the lines. I don't know if it was administration. I don't know who it was, but it's it just bottom line. It appears that an adult, an adult in a situation getting paid to do a certain job, apparently dropped the ball and failed the kids. You know they. You know, that's that's what I got out of it. I, I don't know what you got out of it, but that's, uh, you know, somewhere, someone somewhere along the line made a mistake, and uh, now the kids have to pay for it. And that's, you know, it's high school sports. Yeah, it's all about the kids. Um, one, one thing that I thought about this morning, you know, it's obviously, yes, it's all about the kids, but uh, one thing that gets lost that some people may not realize, some people may forget about, uh, man, feel bad for the parents too i mean just think about that that's there's a lot of par- there's a lot of fans involved there's a lot of the parents of these kids on this team you know every single girl on that team has a set of parents who are paying tuition paying thousands and thousands of dollars for them to go to this school and at some point they made this decision you know i think this is going to be the best situation for my child to get a good catholic education the just so happened to be awesome at basketball is all unplanned line yap. They go ahead and make this run, and now the parents who invested this money to get the very best, you know, Catholic-based education, um, their little girls had the opportunity to make even more memories on the basketball court. And because an adult somewhere dropped the ball, you know, that's uh, some may see it as a bad investment. You know, that's uh, you feel for the kids, you feel for the parents, the families, the fans. Everyone involved, all the students who are fixing to make a road trip and make memories of a lifetime, you know, it's uh, somebody blew it, mate. And it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate all around. Feel for the kids and hope they could uh, recover from it next year. Yeah, it sucks, man. Um, look, we had pretty much all of our local boys' basketball teams get bounced last night. We were in Ruston. Ruston did what they needed to do. Denham Springs beats Terrebonne. Uh, E.D. White falls to Landry. The big surprise to a lot of folks is Vanderbilt, the number five seed in the state. They host the number 12, St. Michael. A lot of folks just assumed, you know, hey, Vanderbilt's going to go and win, and they'll play Shaw again in the quarterfinals. There'll be a rematch. No, it's St. Michael that goes on the road and defeats Vanderbilt. It's a little bit of a shocker to see that after round two, all of our local teams are now no longer in the dance. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was really shocking. I mean, I know absolutely nothing about St. Michael. I, you know, no homework done there. I didn't hear anything about any sort of scouting report on them. But uh, I was like everyone else, just fully expecting, like, ah, man, you know, I got some things going on tonight. I'm not gonna make the St. Michael game, but I, I'll make an effort to go watch it when Vanderbilt plays Shaw next. And uh, man, that was just uh, totally unexpected that they. Um, from what I read, they, they had control most of the game. They apparently had a lead for most of the game and just kind of kind of lost it in the end, man. That was that was a huge shock to me whenever uh, I found out that uh, they couldn't hang on. You know, it's uh, it's unfortunate. All out of all the local teams that that uh, that, that you cover, uh, doesn't look like anyone's still left. But um, you know, hopefully everyone gets better and comes back uh, stronger than ever for next season. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, definitely a, a crummy night. Um, man, let, let's talk about this for a second. Let, let's talk about the NBA a little bit. Um, I mean, not the NBA, I'm sorry, college basketball a little bit. Um, we saw all of this talk over the weekend about, oh, man, we, we should ban 
the court from being stormed and we should arrest everybody that does it. And I think that we've gone so far out into left field. Uh, Kyle Filipowski uh, got mildly injured and Caitlin Clark got pushed down. But at the end of the day, man, like how, how are we going to stop this? It's easy to just get on sports here and say, yeah, we need to ban this. We need to arrest everybody. There's 20 cops. There's 10,000 kids. How are you going to enforce that? Like at some point we just have to, I think, accept this is just part of college basketball, man. And if you're the home team or the road team and you don't want to have this happen, then beat the home team and then you ain't got to worry about it. That's uh, that's that's one way to put it, man. I'm uh, Look, I'm all about safety. I'm all about protecting the student athletes out there. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate that uh, Kyle Filipowski got his mild injury, but uh, I just want to touch on the two names you mentioned. Between him and Caitlin Clark, if you go ahead, you go back and look at multiple camera angles of those supposed incidents, did the students belong on the floor? No, I'll give you that. But did Caitlin Clark and Kyle Filipowski do their best to not purposely run into people? Did yeah. Kyle Filipowski, did Kyle Philip? first of all, you could see Caitlin Clark kind of throw the shoulder. She flopped. She was she trying to draw a foul. She, she was looking to throw a cheap shot and flop and, and <laughs> play the victim here. And then Filipowski pulling a whole, uh, what's his name, um, well, uh, who's the terrible Duke player that everybody hates? I mean, good Duke player, terrible human that everybody hates. Grayson uh, Allen. Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen. I can't believe I couldn't think of that. Kyle Filipowski is just trying to Grayson Allen somebody, and it cost him. He ended up being too soft and injuring his leg. Poor fella, you know. Uh, so those two examples are horrible examples of safety because they're not doing anything to help themselves, protect themselves. They're trying to play victims here. But uh, you're right. Um, I mean, the only thing I think you could do is, per school, develop some sort of system, some sort of penalty system, whether they could be identified per game or not and lose their student season tickets. I don't know. Maybe now now that we, we every time we get fined, your student fees are only going to go up next year. So next year, you know, your, your student fees and tickets are going to be triple what they were last year. I guess that's the only way. It's it just you put these, these new rules in place that penalize the students who keep breaking the rules to where they it gets to a point where they're going to have to police themselves and they're just going to have to behave and, and not, you know, rally around, you know, upsetting someone on their home floor and storming the court. But, I mean, you also bring up a pretty funny, excellent point where if you don't want it to happen, take care of business on the court and win and, you know, not get upset by an underdog. It's also a really good way to protect yourself from court storming. For sure, man. Look, let, let's talk a little bit about um, some WWE here. We've got, we're getting closer to WrestleMania. Um, the Rock is going to be on SmackDown Friday. We're still building. Uh, Cody in Australia kind of sort of challenged him, but kind of sort of didn't. Just kind of said, yeah, I'll fight you anytime, anywhere, whatever it may be. Uh, still don't know what the main events are going to be, though we do have a better idea that it looks like it'll be Drew McIntyre against Seth Rollins. Uh, look like it'll be Becky Lynch against Rhea Ripley. Elimination Chamber was a pretty good pay-per-view. I'm not a Nia Jax fan. I thought she actually wrestled the best match of her career against Rhea Ripley. Um, we're getting close to go time. The Rock is promoted for the next three SmackDowns in a row. Um, dude, they, they got me fired up. I can't wait to see what happens next, man. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, man. So, number one, first order of business this Friday, The Rock has to address Cody Rhodes' sort of I'll fight you anywhere challenge, whatever you want to call it, that he issued while, while he was in Australia. So, we're, we're going to get some something something big's going to drop Friday. That ought to be fun. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, Nia Jax, I thought she did great. Rhea Ripley, uh, you know, in front of the home crowd, uh, she's she's extremely entertaining. Um, everything she does is gold, and, and it's it's crazy. You know, she's supposed to be a heel, but you know, this weekend she was the star of the show. She she uh you know she she had the crowd behind her the whole time. She she went out and put on a hell of a showing. Told a great story in the ring and had had the crowd into it from beginning to end. So good you know all the credit and high fives to her for that um as you said man get closer and closer to mania uh i uh lately i've not been much of a drew mcintyre fan and he's just kind of growing stale on me i'm not sure what he needs to do but i'll say this uh mon i believe it was monday when he started talking and he said uh he was cutting his little promo in the ring and he said something about he was hurt, but he's he's not going to miss Mania like CM Punk did, and then he sat in the ring and did the Indian-style sitting like CM Punk did. I mean, expert-level trolling, that was great heel work from Hackintyre, and that kind of relit the fire of, okay, I can't wait to see what the guy does next. So uh, him versus Seth Rollins at Mania should be a good one. Um, but, yeah, man, it's uh, – I'm excited. I can't wait for SmackDown on Friday. I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what The Rock says. We'll see what he's got to say Friday. It should uh, should be really interesting. Nichols going to Lake Chuck on Saturday. Men and women are taking on McNeese. Uh, the men are going to be having their second crack at Will Wade and the Cowboys. The first shot at him didn't go so good. McNeese is really tough, but they're not invincible. They had to make a last second three to win on Monday. What do the Colonels have to do to have a chance on the road in a very, very tough and rowdy environment? And I don't think they need to overthink it. I don't think they need to do anything spectacular, special. Um, there's no secret. McNeese is extremely talented. They're extremely well coached. They are loaded to the gills. Um, it's going to be tough. What I will say is this. Um, the up-close-and-personal view that you and I had when McNeese came to Thibodeau a couple weekends ago, um, Nichols wasn't, like, getting getting beat. Uh, yeah, look, they lost by, like, 30. There's, there's no, it was a butt-kicking. But there's a difference between it just wasn't your night and the perfect storm of it was certainly their night. You know, there's a difference between that situation and Nichols just going out being unprepared and getting beat because, you know, they were off. They, they wasn't paying attention. They wasn't executing their game plan. They wasn't guarding hard enough. Nichols did everything they can. It's not like they were getting, it's not like McNeese was making them look stupid on set plays. It's not like McNeese was making them look stupid and foolish on backdoor cuts or, you know, blocking out and outworking them on the boards. McNeese wasn't doing anything special. McNeese just had a really special game, a just coincidentally awesome day. Everything they threw up went in. 
they were getting guarded. The hands and the face were there. You know, Nichols, the effort was there. It was just McNeese's day. It was, it was just a special day for McNeese who didn't have to do anything special. They just were the better team that day. So you just have to catch them on a day or a night when they're not hitting every single shot. You know, the the off-the-dribble mid-range fadeaways with a hand in the face, that's not going to happen every single night. That's not, you know, it's um, some of these guys on McNeese, yeah, they'll probably get, they'll get paid to play somewhere overseas in their future. But it, Kobe Bryant wasn't out there. LeBron James wasn't out there. It's, it's, it's McNeese. It's, it's some guys who are good, but this isn't, this isn't the NBA, man. They're not going to have the same game this Saturday. I don't think they'll be as dominant as, as you saw. I mean, they're not invincible. They lost to Southeastern earlier this year. They, they needed, they needed last-second efforts to win their last game. Um, I think Nichols has a legit shot. Nichols just has to play their game and essentially, I don't want to say hope to get lucky, but hope that McNeese doesn't have a miraculous game where they happen to hit every single shot they throw up like they did in Thibodeau. I think Nichols will be fine. They stick to the game plan, play Colonel basketball as they're supposed to, just get after it, and uh, I think they'll find themselves in a a chance to win at the end of the game. I, I don't think McNeese can recreate what they did in Thibodeau ever again, man. That was an unreal showing. I, I don't see that happening again. How how unfair is it that they're going to be at home for the Southland Conference tournament for the next four or five years? I get it. It was a political move. It was a move that the conference made to avoid losing McNeese. McNeese was thinking about going to another league, but man, that... Katie was always a poor environment because no one would go as kind of out of the way. But just giving it to another school and now a school that has blown up, like to me, that is that's a big, big deal. Is the fact that not only do they have the best record, they're going to play home games that matter the most, where everyone else is going to be going on the road, playing them in their gym. That's um, that to me feels like a whole lot for other teams in the league to overcome. Yeah, look if. Um... I'm not sure all the political side of it and the money side of it. That You can look at it a couple different ways. Um, I get that they did what they had to do. The conference did what they had to do to not lose McNeese. Me personally, I'm all for if you win your conference regular season, if you, if you finish first overall in the Southland Conference, you can host the tournament. So – them hosting it this year, I'm not as upset about as the guarantee of them hosting it for years to come. The fact that they hosted it last year, what were they, an eight seed that ended up, you know, winning games they shouldn't yep. have? Yep. You know, that right there, that's unfair. That's uncalled for. That is just an advantage that shouldn't be given to anyone just because they paid for it. Like, if anything, host it, host it in the Cajun Dome. Host it in the Smoothie King Center. Host it somewhere at a neutral site where you just have more of an opportunity for more people to go and want to travel. You know, back in the old Southland days when, you know, so many teams hadn't left for the WAC or wherever they went, you know, when you still had, you know, you still had UTSA, you still had a, 
You still had Texas State. You still you still had UT Arlington. You know, it was a very Texas-dominated league, and it actually made sense to be in Katy. It was somewhat of a neutral site, and you still couldn't get a lot of people there. Um, that they got they got to do something better, man. Um, if there's if there's no reasonable neutral sites for them to schedule it at at this point, then just let first place host it. That that's fair to me. That that I'm okay with. McNeese hosting it this year, fine. They earned it. Uh, you know when the Will, when the Will Wade party leaves and, and it's over for them, and they go back to McNeese me, mediocrity, then you know what we should be able to see someone else host it, not them just because they paid for it. That I don't agree with. It's the NFL Combine this weekend. How fast could you run a 40-yard dash right now? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> probably going to – I say probably. Definitely going to start with a five. I'd say that. You know, uh, <laughs> if I, if, I, if there's no stretching, if there's no warming up, and just straight on jump out the truck and do it right now, I'm probably going to fall before I finish. You know, assuming I can finish, it, it's going to start with a five, man. It's uh, not very good. You, you don't think that you would be in the sixes? You're giving yourself a five? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you said, you said 40, four. right? <laughs> Not four? <laughs> one, one second in a 40-yard dash is an eternity. I think I finish in the fives. Okay, uh, we might have to see it, that. It may be 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but it's going to be in the fives. It's, I, think I, I think I could do if, if I don't fall flat on my face. I think I finish in the five. So five minutes, Taylor says. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just kidding, brother. Look, thanks so much for the time. Have a wonderful rest of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Thank, thank you all for having uh, me. Uh, and as always, go Torps, and God bless America. Yes, sir. That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, as always. He, you think he could run a 40 and 5-9? He said no. in the fives. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't. I'm not even going to try. I would I would love to see that. We might have to we might have to run some forties here soon to see. Um drinking forties ain't bad either, right? We can maybe do that while while running forties. How about that? Um all kidding aside, um I, I I love some of his points there about the you know the Vanderbilt situation and then different things like that. Um just been a crazy, crazy day. Crazy, crazy day. We got we have days like this sometimes and um whew, it's been a wild one. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll wrap up today's show. It's been flying on by. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary.
bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community. At State Bank, now 70 years strong. This is Henry LaFont, your current member of the Fouche Parish School Board, District 7. I've been a business owner servicing all of the Fouche Parish for decades and love our entire parish. I've been blessed enough to give back to our community. I have done this through multiple civic organizations and by donating every check I receive from the school board back to the schools, and I will continue to do so. Election day is March 23rd with early voting beginning on March 9th. Please vote for me, Henry LaFont Jr., number 72, paid for by Henry LaFont Jr. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. One segment to go. A reminder today that if you're looking for something to do, um, heck, within the next couple of hours, go to Central Lafouche, the first middle school track meet of the year. Best of luck to our local boys and local girls who will be competing in the middle school track meet over at Central Lafouche. I believe the field events start at 3, maybe 3.30. Then the running will be after that. Um, looking forward to I'll go out there, get some pictures, and hang out and see some of our um, our young student athletes perform and Hopefully win some gold medals and maybe even break some parish records and all that good stuff. So looking forward to that today at Central Lafouche. Man, today's show went by pretty quick. Yeah, it's crazy. What Very fast. When you have scandals to talk about and, and different things. Lack of on. sleep. Lack of sleep. I slept really, really well last night, man. I um, We got back. I got to the house. I think it was 110, something like that. I took a quick shower, um, edited my pictures, uh, wrote a little column about Vanderbilt, and by about uh, 2.15 or so, I was hit the hay. And then at about 7.45, 8 o'clock, I was rocking and rolling. We were um, reporting on another scandal. (laughs) I think I had to bed about 2. An alarm went off at 3.15. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. We ate really good pizza yesterday. That was always good. We had a great, uh, very good road trip. And it wasn't in the morning. It was not in the morning. It was in the afternoon. Um, yeah, so it was it was a great trip. We need to talk about high school baseball. We haven't done that yet. There were some big results. Uh, we're not usually this busy um, to where we um, run out of time pretty much, but that's where we are right now. We're going to get to the high school baseball scoreboard from yesterday. West Feliciana gets a 5-1 to one win over Central Lafouche. Central Lafouche continues to struggle in the early stages. They're playing some quality competition, plenty of time to get right. But in Division One non-select, do you really have plenty of time to get right? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Hmm. Um, so it's a tough start to the year for the Trojans, for sure. Uh, let's see. We had Dutchtown get a 5-4 to four win against Hanville. That's power versus power. Hanville uh, falls by a run. East St. John, everybody in our local 5A district's happy about this. East St. John gets an 11-5 to win. They're usually the local 5A district team that's not very good, so the local 5A teams will be happy to know that they're getting some early season wins because you don't want them to have you know, two or three wins on the season. You don't get any power points when you play them. So they're off to a stronger start. they got to win yesterday. Um, 
South Lafouche gets a 7-3 win against Terrebonne. They're now 4-1 on the season. Brock Johnson pitched six and two-thirds innings. Uh, the Tarpons got some timely hits. Brock Johnson also on the day was, I think, three of three or something like that. The plate, he's batting 700-something in the early season at the plate. Brock is off to a wonderful start. But again, and I got had some eyes and some ears that were there, uh, a little bugaboo that South Lafouche is going to have to clean up late in the game. Dropped fly ball in the seventh inning, allowed some unearned runs to score. That outfield defense continues to be a little bit of, a, of an issue. South Lafouche gets a 7-3 to three win against Terrebonne not, uh, nonetheless. Ellender wins 20-10 to 10 against Westgate yesterday. I don't know if they played football or what, mm. but Ellender gets a win there um, over Westgate. We had yesterday, let's see, also in the area, Lutcher gets an 11 to nothing run rule win against Patterson. Morgan City defeats David Thibodeau 8 to 7. Again, everybody in the local 4A district rejoicing because they want to see Morgan City get some wins. Um, we had South Terrebonne defeat Ascension Catholic 9 to 5. Coach Barba and his team are really, really good. Um, they're off to a strong start to the year. E.D. White gets a run rule, 11 to nothing win against Haynes Academy. So the Cardinals have had kind of a rocky start, but they get a big get-right win yesterday. St. James defeats John Eric 15 to 4, so a good win for them. Homa Christian School was off. Covenant Christian School was off. Central Catholic was off. So let's talk about Tarpon baseball, man. Um, Coach Guitro said we've got to be able to pitch it. We've got to be able to play defense. Uh, because it might be at times a little bit of a struggle for us to score. It's not a struggle for them to score right now. They've got some bats that are hot. They get a 7-3 to three win against Terrebonne. They're 4-1. and one. Big weekend ahead coming up to you know, play a tournament out in the New Orleans area. Uh, continuing to build. Tarpons get a win yesterday, and it was a win they had to have. Terrebonne's off to a slow start. But they took care of business, and they're now four and one in the early stages. Yeah, good start for the Tarpons, four and one. I agree with you. I think it's a big weekend for the Tarpons. Man, it's crazy. When I know they're not playing a three-game series against one team, but it's three games coming up. And if you have a bad weekend, man, it costs you. You know. Then on the hand, if you have a good weekend, you can move up. And I, I know it's way, way too early with the power rankings, but I'm just. Uh, you can move up or down on uh, one weekend series if it's one team or if you're playing uh, three different teams. So it's a big weekend for the Tarpons early in the season, but you have to continue the role they on they on right now with four and one start. It's a, a great start to the year for the Tarpons. How about the work of Brock Johnson, man? Coach Guitro said he's batting 7-17 in the early stages of the season. Prior to yesterday, he had already had nine RBI. Uh, we saw Jonah Kale start a season super strong like this and get on a big run, but dude, to to get seven out of ten <laughs> plate appearances better than seven out of ten with a hit, that's ridiculously hard to do. Um, obviously, that's going to taper off. He's not going to hit seven hundred this year, but man, in a five game stretch, that's big time stuff from a guy that, quite frankly, was a bottom of the order hitter last year, but he's now a heart of the order guy. He stepped up big, doing some good stuff. Uh, Camden Berg is swinging it well. You know, the Lede kids swinging it well. The Tyler Sanders had a double yesterday. So it's a tarpon offense that Coach Guitro said, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to figure out ways to manufacture runs. They're swinging it pretty damn well right now and off to a really good offensive start. The least they've scored in a game is four. 
They've scored double digits a couple times and then seven runs yesterday against Terrebonne. Yeah, and let's see in the next couple of weeks when scouting reports come out against the Tarpons uh, how opposing pitchers may approach now pitching to a Brock Johnson and see if they may not give him anything to hit or how, how they maneuver around him with uh, such a, a hot start and along with some of these other guys you just mentioned. South Terrebonne, 6-0. and South Terrebonne is usually the team locally that after 15 games, they're 6-9 and nine or 7-8, and eight, and we're saying, oh, what's going on with South Terrebonne? And then they, in the back stretch of the year, get hot and play really good baseball. They have a win over E.D. White, who's a quality opponent. They got a win over Erath, who's a quality opponent. Um, if Coach Barba's team is playing like this right now, knowing the way that they usually get better during the course of the year, Whew, look out. The Gators are off to a ridiculously good start so far, and uh, good on them. They're playing really well. And another thing that you notice with them, outside of one game where they won 9-8, to eight, they're pitching well. They give up two, three runs every game. That's testament to their coaching staff. they got a great pitching coach there. Um, the Gators are rolling, bro. It's been a wonderful start to the season for them. they got a big one coming up March 1st against uh, Covenant Christian. That'll be a, a good test for both teams. Yep, that one will be at the Swamp, 3.30 start time. And, yes, you're right, that will be a very big game for both of those teams there. Um, Vanderbilt Catholic is off to a pretty good start. They don't have the win-loss record of everybody else locally. They're 3-2. and two, But when you play Berwick, Dutchtown, St. Paul, Zachary, Rumble, I mean, they're off to a great start. They got their weekend tournament this weekend that we're actually attempting to get out to and, and hang out there with for the sports corner. Um Coach Menard does an outstanding job, man. He, he's one of the premier coaches in the state of Louisiana, but he's also got a great staff. Mike Thompson and those guys, like he's got a great staff. The Terriers are going to be around at the end of the year. How could they not? They were the state runners-up last year, had a very young team. They're going to be getting a couple kids back from basketball maybe a little earlier than they expected. Their team that I think is about to go on a big run. Yeah, they, they, they're going to be fine. Start off the season 3-2, and two, uh, lost to a 6-0 and undefeated Dutchtown team. Uh, but they'll be fine. Uh, shoot, beat Rummel 18-11, to 11, so they can score some uh, some runs. They, they're going to be fine. When it's all said and done, they will definitely be in that mix. Pelicans won yesterday. The Pelicans beat up on the New York Knicks yesterday. We were kind of speculating in the ride uh, to Rustin, like, hey uh, – Going to be a tough one. You're in the garden. Don't know if Zion's going to play. First night of a back-to-back. No, they just line up and kick the Knicks in the teeth. 115-92. to Zion Williamson at 21 points. Trey Murphy, 26 points. Brandon Ingram, 24. Now the million-dollar question, Mr. Brian Colley. Tonight uh, no. is... No. <laughs> no. Tonight is now the second end of... I, I'm going to disagree. I think he's going to play. You know why I think he's going to play? Quality opponent on TV. Games on TV. Yes. Nationally televised game, I think. But Las Vegas, on the other hand, thinks that he's not going to play because the Indiana Pacers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. There ain't no way that that line would be that if they thought that Zion would be in the lineup. So maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe the big boy is going to take the night off, and, oh, man, i got to rest. My load management, he's like 23, um, drives me insane. But anyway, it doesn't look like the big fella is going to be giving it a go tonight despite it being a nationally televised game. Yeah, he's uh he's taking a rest. It's a shame. 
Take taking. But uh, but you got a valid point on TV. He may play. NFL draft combine is ongoing. A lot of the best players in the draft are not doing anything at the combine. They're just showing up, shaking hands, kissing babies, but are not going to be throwing or competing. Jaden Daniels is one of the guys who's not going to be doing anything. He said he'll throw at his pro day. Um, I'm not surprised by this, dude. Like, if I'm Jaden Daniels and I'm trying to become a top five pick, why would I throw in Indianapolis with strangers catching passes for me when I could throw in Baton Rouge at my pro day and have Malik Neighbors and Kyron Lacey and and all of my guys, my receivers catching my passes. Like, this is a smart de- I know people are, you know, he's taking some flack for this. All oh, you show up and you work out. This is a smart decision, dude. Why would you go and throw to folks that you don't know when you could throw for the very same scouts with your receivers in your building? That's a no-brainer to me. I think he's making the right decision. Yeah, no need for him to throw right now. Uh, he's going to be in the top five pick. I think at worst, some people say even the top two. We heard a little talk radio out in the Lafayette area. They were debating this yesterday on the drive to Ruston. Are the Bears going to keep Justin Fields and trade the number one pick for a King's Ransom and get a crap ton of picks from somebody else? Or are they going to trade Justin Fields, get a handful of picks from somebody else, and draft Caleb Williams number one in the draft? If you today were named the general manager of the Chicago Bears, what would you do? Who Move the team to warmer weather. You've been to Chicago yeah. <laughs> before. I remember you telling me that story. Uh, man, I think I would keep Fields. Hmm. I, 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 I can't go with you on that one. I disagree. I... I he runs too much. I don't like the runners. Y'all know that. And I think that Caleb Williams and Marcus May are going to both be really, really good. I think Jaden Daniels is going to be really, really good. If I could get something of value for Justin Fields, I would probably move him. It depends what you get for him. I mean, but uh, I, I don't know. Are they sold on, on the Williams? I don't know. Well, I guess the question's got to be because Williams has been acting like such a damn brat. Is Williams sold on Chicago? That's That might be the question we have to ask. This is the guy who during the season, his dad and everything was saying, oh, well, if it's not the right team that gets the first pick, we're going to stay in school. And That ended up not happening, but it, does Caleb Williams want to play in Chicago? That might end up being the question that you got to ask. Mm. Today's day and age where the players have all the power and they could decide everything that they want. It's crazy. Um, it is crazy. Did you see what Le- we didn't have a show yesterday? If we would have, we would have talked heavy about this. Did you see what LeBron James did on Twitter? Nope. He is um, crucifying reporters who have. Okay, so Bronny James was in ESPN.com's 2024 mock draft uh, all year. He was like a the 20th pick in the first round or whatever. ESPN has since moved him out of this year's mock draft and have moved him into next year's mock draft because the kid's not very good and is the expectation is that he's not going to be able to go pro or get drafted. LeBron is now saying uh, along the lines of, man, like stop picking on Bronny. Let him be a kid and stop putting all this pressure and these expectations. Oh. LeBron, you're the one who said yeah. about a month ago, hey, he could play with us in the Lakers right now. 
But now, now that other people are, are, are saying that they don't think he's very good, oh, we're being so unfair. Give me a break, dude. It's ridiculous, that dude. He's been saying all year, oh, he's an NBA guy right now. He's going to be a lottery pick right now. Just stop tw- uh, tweeting or Xing, whatever you want to call it now. Stop doing that every once in a while, man. We don't always have to hear your opinion on everything, bro, because a lot of times you make yourself sound stupid. Let's wrap her up today's show. We want to thank BJ Young for the time. We want to thank Taylor Griffin for the time. Thanks to you all for the time. We've had a busy 24 hours. Oh, my goodness, we've been around the state and back again. Um, today, I'm going to go get a little rest, but then I'm going to Central Lafouche. See you at the track and field meet. Best of luck to all of our young men and women as they compete. Best of luck to all of our baseball and softball teams today as well. We'll be back tomorrow. It's play-by-play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE. FM Golden Meadow.